Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Archery Country Podcast. We are Weight Park Studio time. Today is we're talking about 2023 bow setups, personal setups. Why, when, where, and what more or less is what we're sitting with. <clears throat> I have Mr. Adam Kramer directly across from me and John. Is it crying, Brink? Yeah. Nice. Killed it. The two most lethal archers in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Lay it on. Yikes. <laughs> so we get a lot of requests of guys want to know what exactly we're shooting, why we're shooting, when we're shooting, guys and gals. And sometimes we have to walk softly because we're not biased in this company. We get a chance. That's one of the perks of the job to kind of shoot everything, mm -hmm. test it out a little bit. But I understand why they want to know because we do have a plethora of options, what we end up settling on. And we're, we're, none of us are paid. None of us, you know, are under contract or any of that sort. So we do get to play. So we're going to, uh, I guess, honor their request more or less. And you guys have already, turkey season is over. It is June 1st today. You guys will probably hear this maybe this week, maybe next week. But anyways... We'll just dive right into it. Uh, we all have multiple bows, so this will take just a little bit of time. And uh, well, I think we'll do, we should just do one, go around the table, and then do the other one. Mm -hmm. um, we are all three going to have something in common, and we're all three going to have something different, completely different. And I'm glad I have you two on because you guys will dive in and won't leave me hanging. But we need to know everything. Oh, yeah. Why it is. Um. John, we might as well start with you on bow number one. And it doesn't have to be the bow that you're going to grab yep. right away. But I assume you have, you know, different builds for different reasons. Oh, you got to have multiple bows. I mean, yeah. it's you're just wrong style, if you don't. You're a stylist cat, you know. You're probably the same guy that has two different vehicles. One for the Sunday drive, one for the Monday drive. No, that's oh. where I don't put any money of my life into. <laughs> like, I hate vehicles. Archery, you know, I, You're can, smart. I can justify spending money there. I would, rather not have, I would rather not have any vehicles, realistically. <laughs> mm -hmm. And to tell you the truth, um, if, you're, if you just want to take the same amount of money you're going to spend on a vehicle, put it in your living room floor, light it on fire. Yeah. If you're okay with that. You know. <laughs> Same effect. Uh, just to give everybody a heads up, we are drinking some nitro uh, nitro yeah. cold coffee, I guess yeah. you'd say. Yeah. So if we blow up and start talking like an auctioneer real fast, that's because we're juiced. The caffeine is a roll. Nothing <laughs> illegal. Just really good. All Johnny right. Boy, what's number one? All right. So let's start with first bowl. Um, ah, which one should I talk about first? Well, this one's yeah. closer to me. So I'm going to... I got my Matthews, uh, so I have a phase four 29 this year. A um, little bit different than what I've ran the last few years, the last handful of years, three, four, five years back or so. I've always kind of drifted more towards that 32 plus axle to axle bow. Um, so I've run a lot of like the Hoyt Ultras. Um, a couple of years ago, the um, Bowtech, like Revolt X in that 33, 33 and a half inch range. I really liked that, that kind of bow. Um, last year and the year before kind of, kind of started doing more with like the, the saddle hunting. And I've always, I've always enjoyed going out West, trying to chase mule deer around. And I really like a tall, stable bow for that. I don't care about speed necessarily on like a Western hunt. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've kind of run the same style bow for the last few years and it was getting, 
a little bit boring almost, yep. you know, and I just wanted to play with a smaller bow again. So I went with the 29 inch axle to axle in the phase four, um, set it up pretty similar as far as what I like to run for accessories. Cause I'm, you know, old dog. Yeah. New tricks don't That's really fine. always go that great. What's your draw length? Um, it kind of varies brand to brand, but I kind I kind of hang out in that like 28 and a half, uh, some brands 29, um, right in there. Yeah. Poundage. I, so I run 70 pound mods just pinned down tight. I, I don't know. I'm just not enough of a man to handle the 75s (laughs) over and over again. Um, especially with like the, the main Minnesota hunting that I get to do or that Mm -hmm. I choose to do, um, is typically in the later time frame. So this year I probably had more sits in Minnesota from December 20th to the end of the year than the rest of the year combined. Gotcha. In in Minnesota, you know, a couple sits here and there in October, one here and there in November and then late season. I just, you know, yep. oh man, it was fun. It was cold. It was bitter and yep. ah, it was just fun. And you got to take that into consideration. Yeah. Um, no matter if you're sitting in an Orion, um, Radic, whatever it may be in your ear, even if you are somewhat heated or rigged out with Sitka. And of course we're doing some name dropping right now, but, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Your body reacts different. Yeah. So that's a poundage. And like kind of, kind of what I tell people when they're in the range, like, well, you know, what poundage should I shoot at? That's a question we get a fair amount. Um, I'm a big proponent of handle whatever the most poundage you can shoot, but comfortably. Mm-hmm. You should be able to draw from a seated position without throwing your back out of whack. You do have yep. to remember that, you know, you're sitting in a tree for a few hours of sedentary movement. Your muscles start to get tight. Your shoulders get tight. You might be chattering your teeth a little bit and your shoulders all hunched up. And then all of a sudden it's the moment of truth. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be fighting your bow, fighting your poundage. Could I handle the heavier mods? Yeah, you know, I could, but it's not as enjoyable. I want mm-hmm. to enjoy when I shoot my bow. Um, I just don't like working that much. Yep. And (laughs) for like the archers that are advanced in the sequence and they ask the same question, because Matthews, you have the ability to go 60, 65, 70, 75, and we max out our limb bolts. So the efficiency is there. That's Mm -hmm. what John's talking about right now. One of the things that I tell him, I say, if you cannot draw your bow slow motion without stopping or jerking, it's too much. Yep. You know, so in, in today with the arrow builds and I hate to reuse the word efficiency, 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 but you, you can do the same thing at 65 as you could do 75, five years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So a uh, phase four twenty nine. Yep. What I color? Spread, oh, okay. Yeah. Color. Yeah. So I'm a, uh, I'm a two tone kind of guy, right? Little, uh, you know, I see so many bows on the wall that we see them over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I just like to my, make mine look a little bit different than what you'd see. Um, so I run a black riser and then uh, Sitka subalpine limbs. And then on my stabilizers, um, I am running the new Bridgelock stabilizers this year. Um, again, just something new. I like to try the new products and kind of see if I can tell a difference, see if it helps, see if, you know, does it make me any bit more confident or any bit better? If it does, I'm going to go that way. Um, and I love the feel that those Bridgelock give. They are extremely stiff. Like mm-hmm. it, the bow points good. It aims good. For being a short, small bow, it doesn't feel like a short small bow yep you know and and that's kind of been good it did take me just a couple weeks of shooting to get used to going from that taller axle to axle to a little bit shorter axle to axle kind of had to be a little bit more engaged with my draw arm you know bringing that hand up tight into my Mm -hmm. anchor um so it maybe requires just a a little bit more concentration on my part to shoot the bow as well Mm -hmm. but that's good i feel like i'm engaged when i'm shooting and it keeps me present oh 
Yeah. Well, and it like looks it, sharp. It as far as it looks sharp. Right. And yeah. John's being modest. He, in that few weeks of getting to know the bow, he went and won our archery country league individual shootdown night. And so he's out there with his, you know, ripped TKOs, hunting setup, and he's shooting against target guys, and he's doing the, the like I said, head-to-head shoot-offs, single elimination bracket or double elimination bracket, fighting his way back, and he ended up winning. So Yay-yay. it didn't take too long to get you set short axle to axle. That's um, why he's got the patch on his shirt. You customized it. Um, very, very sharp looking. Yeah. And, a little different. You know, and that's the cool thing is you can do that on those bows. You can almost do it on every bow nowadays. Yeah, uh, you really can. First, it, obviously, a little bit of money here and there. But so let's break down, like, what you, you said that you're kind of old school on your accessories. Uh, not necessarily old school, but, like, what I run for a site is, is just because it, it makes sense for how I hunt and for where I hunt. And again, Explain that's, that to me. Yeah, so that's a question we get asked a lot in the shop when guys are coming in buying their rigs. Like, well, you got, you know, 1,900 different sites over here mm-hmm. from $30 up to $1,300 for, like, yep. the Garmin stuff. Right. right? Um, so I, I do a fair amount of whitetail hunting, be it in you know, the Midwest, at home, whatever, a little bit of traveling out of state for whitetail. And then the last few years I've been doing a lot of, like, the plains mule deer hunting, Dakotas, you know, for the most part, Dakotas. Um, because it's close mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could, you could get a tag, you yep. know, not so much this year. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, with my site, I run uh it's basically a black gold, um, verdict ascent. Okay. So, um, very, very similar. It's basically an older version of like what our, assault. one of our number one selling yep. sites is our, that custom assault that we carry. Yep. It's a four pin, two inch housing, top three pins, 0.019 bottom 010. Um, and so I'm running just an older version of that site, basically. Okay. Um, I've had that for some years. Yep. I don't know, four or five, six years, something like that. And, and that assault that you're talking about that we customized, we teamed up with black gold, that actual, that design, I would say 80% of it come from you guys here in St. Cloud. Mm -hmm. Uh, the two inch housing, Mm -hmm. the 10 thousandths bottom pin. And a lot of people, it it, it is our number one selling site and it's not that you have to push. Because it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's kind of that happy medium. It's a driver's site with four pins. Yep. So I like the bigger housing because, again, for whitetail hunting, it allows me to run a slightly larger peep site and still get, like, a good, you know, not too much slop of, you know, my peep site around the housing up front, especially Mm -hmm. at my draw length. Um, So I like that bigger housing. I get a little bit more light in a, you know, low-light whitetail environment. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it's still... I get a lot of vision through that site with a two inch housing and only four pins in it. I keep them relatively centered. Mm-hmm. I don't have them way bottomed to the very bottom where my 50 or bottom pin is floating on my level. I have a fair amount of gap between my level and that bottom pin. And then my 20 yard pin ends up, you know, slightly above halfway in the housing, not quite to the upper third, but yeah, in that range. Um, and it's just, it's a, a site picture that works for me. It's not too cluttered to where I can see my target. Well, be it a, a deer or, paper or foam, whatever it is. Um, and then it allows me to shoot out to 50 without having to adjust anything, which covers any and every whitetail opportunity I'll ever be willing to take in my life or that mm-hmm. I've ever had in my life, basically. Um, and then especially with playing around in the Western stuff, like, again, like, yeah, a guy can shoot far, but like, gosh, darn, does your just effectiveness and, you know, overall killability goes skyrocketing up when you can close that gap a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I like to try to get between 40 and 50 on a spot and stock environment. 
Um, and that allows me to do that without having to dial anything. Now there are different circumstances where sometimes, yeah, you do end up, you know, driving the site down. Um, but with that housing, I, you know, I get a lot of clearance. Um, I think last year on the two bows, I have, I have the same site on both of my bows actually. Um, that's how, how much I like it. Right. I bought one, ran it for a year and was like, uh, my backup bow should be the exact same thing. Cause this just works, you know? Um, so I run that on both bows. Um, but like last year, I think my sight tape bottomed out at like 136 with my hunting arrows. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like I get a lot of clearance on that sucker. Smoking. Yeah. What rest do you have? Uh, so I, I kind of run that like QAD integrate <clears throat> rest. Um, yeah. I have one that says, has a Matthew stamp on it. I have one that has a Hoyt stamp on it. Yeah. Exact same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just feel like that's kind of a, a hunting rest. And that's really what I do mm. with my bows, right? Yeah. Like I'm not out setting state records like Kramer over here at, in the paper yeah, trail. You're winning leagues, man. <laughs> there, there's a little asterisk behind that one. I feel like <laughs> stars aligned. I got a little lucky that night. I can admit that. Like there's some pretty dang good shooters that like, well, like the last round shooting against James, I think he went six rounds in a row where he didn't miss that little tiny 11 ring. Right. And somehow he missed it against when he was shooting against me, you know, mm-hmm. the two losses he had, he threw an eight on that target and the rest of the night he had 11s on it. The 11 was probably about the size of a dime. Yeah. yeah. Not very big. That boy can shoot. And I, I don't know. I just got lucky. He, Your bow does good under pressure. I did let down <laughs> once in that round. <laughs> you did. I did. The second <laughs> shot, I let it down. And I was like, Ooh boy. <laughs> that was a good decision too. Yeah. Forgiveness is a word that sometimes gets overlooked. Uh, when we talk about archery, you may have the most pimped out setup in the world, but if it's not forgiving, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that, for people who are listening who don't, and Kramer, you can add to this, coming from the target background, if you if you fludge a shot, right, like it, it just, it, it shooting a hand or thumb, it just goes off and, and you know that you're not on target. If a forgiving setup is there, you're only missing by a half inch to an inch. Mm-hmm. If it's not forgiving, you're four to five inches. Right. Now people say, well, you got to hit a pie plate and that's all you got to do to kill a deer. Well, yeah, wrong. Whitetail accurate. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) But it's a very forgiving setup that you've, over your years of doing this, you can kind of build it. And I've got, I've got a lot of confidence in those Matthews bows. We've set up an absolute ton of them. Um, I've shot many Matthews bows over the years and with their top hat system and and their switch weight cams that they're, that they're running, like it's a good draw cycle. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a relatively firm back wall that's got a little bit of give to the back end, which yep. which works well with how I like to shoot. I shoot a, a thumb button release, and I pull through my shot with a fair amount of tension to it. So I'm not just relaxed into that valley. I'm yep. pulling through the mods, which is how I like to shoot and how I feel like is probably a guy should be shooting. Yeah. Um, but that bow just works well with my style. Um, really, the final piece of it would just be the quiver. Um I run a uh, one of the Matthews flatline um, removable, one-piece removable quivers, which, again, is a little bit different than what I did in the past. I was usually a two-piece fixed quiver guy. Um, that that quiver sits so tight and reacts. like It holds the arrows like a two-piece quiver does, but it gives you the option to take it off, which is pretty slick because, like, for the most part, when I shoot and when I hunt, I'm a quiver-on kind of guy there's very few circumstances where I take that quiver off. And really the main two are going to be extremely windy days, which like, you know, tree stand hunting necessarily doesn't happen a lot around here. Um, 
like two seasons ago it, it did like I, mm-hmm. I was actually bow hunting during like gun season it was pretty blustery that that week um so like when you get let that 20 25 mile an hour wind especially if you're like in, in one of the spots i hunt it's pretty exposed there's actually very few trees to get into so you get no matter what direction the winds come from you kind of get bucked around and you're moving swaying really <laughs> hard with it um and in those circumstances i do like to take my quiver off just to reduce the amount of like side profile that the wind can grab it reduces my sway a little bit and then i do experience that like out west mule deer hunting where you deal with a little bit more wind um a lot of times you know the quiver stays on for the most part but if i've got a setup to where it works to where i've snuck in within my shooting distance on you know a bedded buck and i know i'm just like hunkered down behind a piece of sage or have a little bit of cover and i'm just i'm hunkering down waiting for him to stand up if it's really really windy or like it's picking up I will take that quiver off just to yep. just to re- reduce how much surface area the wind can grab when you are trying to make a shot. And that's the low pro detach. Low pro yep. detach, yeah. And it's actually, <clears throat> so it's molded around. It's probably one of the tightest. I say one of because tight spot has a very tight setup as well. But it's molded around to where the limbs, you yeah. know, clear it. Um, I've always shot a two-piece mm-hmm. forever until last year. Yeah. Um that thing's sweet. Like, it is, and it's quiet. And it, and the thing about the arrow cradle is low enough so that you can shoot with a two piece. It's it's basically a two piece with a rod, is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, arrows. Uh, do you run the same arrow for two builds, or do you have two different builds? I do have two different arrow yeah. builds. What about on that Matthews? What are you running on that Matthews? I'm running just uh, not just, but like mm-hmm. I, it's probably one of the best hunting arrows. I've run them for the last like four or five years. Also, um, it's a rip TKO 50 grain stock insert up front. Yep. Um, I run a three fletch setup on it with either. Oh, I've been running like the the boning three inch X vein um, for the last few years, and then I ordered up some of their Bronco veins, which is like same material, just a parabolic instead mm-hmm. of a shield cut. Yep. We actually were testing that a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Adam was shit, sitting behind shitting, whoops, not sitting, <laughs> <so> <laughs> sitting behind a uh, uh, you know a, a safe area where I was shooting past him, right? And then I was shooting a couple of one arrow, and a couple of the other. They're just fletched up. Mm-hmm the same but different yeah. and trying to see like oh which one you know was one quieter was mm-hmm. one louder and like I, it was 50 50 of like sometimes he was right. telling me the x vein was quieter sometimes he's telling me the bronco vein is yeah. quieter and i don't know, just figured i'd play with them a little bit and, you know that's the thing because i i run four fletch a lot and people say well you know you're adding another vein that's that's more noise the right vein it isn't right. uh and and i'm a firm believer and you guys i feel free to argue against me an animal, rather be a, an elk or a muley, or even a whitetail, which I think they're hearing in their senses. They're always like on edge. Oh yeah. I don't think they're jumping a bowstring. They may look up at your shot, but they can hear coming towards them. Big time. Natural instinct. Yep. You know, uh, in my mind. Mm-hmm. So having a quiet vein. But this day and age, honestly, like the three or four veins that we offer, I should say, are prominent veins that yep. we put on. They're going to be quiet, yeah. you know, for I mean, the like, most part. I can't tell a difference between any of them, but, like, you know, I'm not mm. necessarily as tuned in as a whitetail. And that, and that's <laughs> the cool thing about archery is you can cut, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You want to be a tax shooter for a year? You want to be an AA shooter? You want to be a boning shooter? Yeah. You know? Like like Dan, he, he comes from the same area as you and Buck. It's It's been boning forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was pulling teeth to get people to switch over and just try. Yep. But it, that pro shot we offer. Blazer to an X vein. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly and blazers are still good don't yeah. get me wrong they have a flutter effect a little bit softer material yep 
And a little higher profile, which makes them flutter a little more, yeah. I feel like. Yep. You said thumb release. Yep. You got a favorite one? Uh, I've got a assortment, mm-hmm. you could say. Um, <laughs> like everybody should. Yeah. You know. I think I think my main release right now, um, not I think, the, the release that I have been shooting the most with lately has been the... Um, uh, Stan. Yeah. Why am I blanking Onyx. on it? There you go. Onyx thumb button. Left-hand edition. Yeah. Well, you know, ambidextrous is set up for, you know, yeah. lefty like so myself. Pop. Yeah. So I run it in a three finger, um, relatively stiff, no travel. Um, Fat barrel or skinny barrel? Skinny barrel. I wrap pretty deep. I like to get yep. that, that button down deeper into my thumb. You Just shoot properly. Uh, not, well, depends on who you ask. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, it's, it's. <laughs> um, but I also run, I have a Perfex, Stan Perfex, that there's just a little skinnier. Yep. That, that Onyx is a little meatier, which actually, I don't have big hands, but it fits inside of like my groove of my knuckles a little bit better. You run like, in a large? Yeah. yeah. And then on that Perfex, like it fit really good, but it did, it just felt, I felt a little sloppy on like the middle finger and the ring mm-hmm. finger where I just, it sometimes would be, closer to one side of my knuckle, sometimes closer to the other side of my knuckle on that. Um, prior to that, and actually the wreath I still have in my repertoire mm-hmm. um, would word. be a, a Scott Sigma. And, I mean, I've had that release for like a half a dozen years, mm-hmm. maybe maybe more, I don't know. Um, but, like, I just know it. Yep. You know, when it's just, I can pick it up. It actually hits, like, same, same as what my Onyx does. Um, it was a little different than the than the perfects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the perfects, the, the hook goes the opposite direction as the Sigma does where on the Onyx, I think the hooks are on in the exact same direction, but I can lay them on top of each other, marry them up. They look almost identical and feel yep. really similar. So Sigma is a good release. Um, it's just louder. Yeah. Besides, yeah, you could hear it on highway 23 <laughs> from here. But <laughs> I've only Shoot had that bite me in the butt one time. Just like, I got in on these bucks. I was out West mule deer hunting. I got in on these bucks and like, I could only get like 140 yards from where they're bedded. Mm-hmm. But just the way that the wind direction was the way the land like laid out, it was like, when they get up, they're going to come this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to, they're going to go to the right and I'm to the right of them with the wind in my favor. Now I yeah. don't know if they're going to come to the right in range or not, but like it makes sense that they would. So I was kind of set up on this little side hill, found a spot where I could get in the shade and like wind was behaving correctly, sat there for a couple hours and every so often, like couldn't really see him, but you could just see antlers moving around every so often through my binos and it's like, oh shoot, the, the smaller ones up on his feet. And it was mm-hmm. earlier in the day than I expected him to stand up. And sure enough, you know, the nicer of the two stands up and they're kind of milling around and they start working towards me. The little one goes through to where I could shoot. I ranged him out a few different times. Big one comes out and he's actually closer and so I had to like rearrange set up and I don't know if he caught me setting my release down. The wind had just flat out died. It mm-hmm. went from like relatively blustery, normal Dakota's conditions to like that awkward calm. You could hear a mouse fart kind of thing. And I drew back on him, waited for him to kind of go into an opening that I had. And it just, you know, he kind of, kind of trotted through it instead of like walking, um, I think they kind of caught me moving, yeah. moving, put my rangefinder down. Part of it was just so calm. I don't know if it was like just the little noise my jacket had when I set my, my rangefinder down. Um, but I was drawn back, just didn't feel good about like a moving shot on them. Let back down. They get behind cover to where I can't shoot. And then it gets to be like they're kind of working, quartering away from me going uphill. And I got another drainage. I could kind of kind of mirror them and, and try to catch back up or cut them off at the top. They were probably like 120 yards. And I disconnected my release from the string 
And I've never seen bucks take off so fast <laughs> in my life. Like from that distance, that ping, yep. that, that, yep. that release, that I was like, oh, crap. Well, this is over. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Oh yeah. Just out of curiosity, because there are some of those air quote people out there, how fast you're shooting? Um, so I think not, not, I think we did, I double checked this mm -hmm. right before we started. Cause I, I don't care about speed. Mm -hmm. Um, my setup is really consistent over the years. Almost any bow that I shoot it out of, I'm usually hanging between 280 and 290. Mm -hmm. Um, on that Matthews, I think it's ripping at 287, 288. Mm -hmm. Or was it 289? Nope, 287. Okay, yeah, we just crowned it. Adam's better yeah. at remembering numbers than I am. Uh, and, so. and the reason I ask is because black gold is super easy for a sight tape yeah. situation. Um, you shoot a little bit lighter arrow. Yeah, it's like... So there's some variants. Th 430, 440, right in there, mm -hmm. kind of depending on what vein is is on that setup. Mm -hmm. But I, it's a, just a happy medium. I don't like being real heavy, especially with the western hunting or the mule deer hunting that I like yep. doing a relatively flat trajectory is in my advantage when I'm shooting unknown distances. And like, I'll just err on that side. Never had any penetration issues shot my second biggest buck right through both shoulders. And actually I broke both leg bones too. Mm. Luckily he kind of ducked into it. Might've misjudged nice. that distance a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it went through and through with a big, big old giant expandable broadhead and like still was in the dirt on the backside. So gotcha. at like 60 some yards. The oh, only geez. thing I'm not going to ask is, is don't tell us your broadheads today okay. because we're doing a podcast coming up. Yeah. There's some new stuff that some of us are trying, and then there's going to be some that people just love. Mm -hmm. So for those of you listening, closer to August, there's going to be a podcast that's strictly broadheads mm. because in our environment of archery country, we have some fixed blade shooters and we have some mechanical shooters, and we also have some broadheads that are, they're not new. There's some new brands that are we're going to play with, but that's a different podcast. So okay, no broadhead talk no, today. No broadhead talk today. So yeah, that's uh, basically that's basically the phase four setup. Um, I did during turkey season run the Matthews Bridgelock Stabilize or uh, Sight. Also oh, the five pin. Yeah. Yep. So I typically, you know, <clears throat> now that we're talking about broadheads, mm -hmm. <laughs> I typically yeah. shoot like a decaf head right for turkey hunting. Yep. Um, and with that sight just sits in so tight to the bow. And I'm not shooting those at any kind of like distance. So it's, it's yeah. a little smaller housing. It sits closer. I can get away with shooting that big decap and not worry about like having a blade catch my, that Delrin or the drive rail or anything like that. Um, so I was running a five pin fixed pin site for the guys who are listening and have seen my bow. Mm -hmm. That is what was on it. Yep. Just yep. so you know. And it's a good point because our bows are, you know, we show them off yeah. and people see them. And they change. Like I, yep. that's one thing I think is cool <clears throat> about archery is like how fluid it can be. You yep. can run a different site for one season or for target season, or if you're going to go do this for a weekend, um, you can just change your sights out, mm -hmm. you know, or have a whole nother bow set up like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Reason enough. Big AK, what's your, I what, don't say, uh, it doesn't have to be your number one, but what's the first one we're going to talk about? I think the first one we're going to talk about is my SS34, that Bowtech. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, had a big influence on what bows I got this year. And this year was a very hard decision because I think 2023 was the year that everybody did it good. Yeah. And I was going back and forth between a phase 433, a Mach 34, a longer axle to axle bow in general, that RX-7 Ultra I had last year. Probably one of my most favorite shooting bows, period. John had an Ultra, Buck had an Ultra. This year we didn't get one because, like, wow, they came out with it again. We've been saying RX-7 Ultra for a year. It feels old, but it's still one of our best shooting bows, and we've kind of reminisced when Isaac, the part-timer, got his, or he's not a part-timer, he's full-time, um, newer guy, uh, Isaac, 
got his RX-7 Ultra, and we were all shooting it, and it just brought back memories. Mm-hmm. And uh, But anyhow, I shot a Revolt XL last year, and I got to do my, like my leagues with it. I shot State 900 with it. I shot field with that RX-7 Ultra. So I wanted a longer axle-axle bow that I could use for multiple disciplines. Um, turkey hunt, deer hunt. I don't have any out-of-state trips besides that Wisconsin turkey hunt uh, this year. And um, for people listening, this is Adam – when you started, you worked down in Rogers. So a lot of people mm-hmm. recognize the name Adam. Uh, for the Brainerd listeners, you've been there a couple times, but this is your home now in Wait Park. You're a tall dude. Um, your draw length is pretty long. Mm-hmm. 30 and a half? For hunting, 30 and a half. Mm-hmm. 31 for target. Target. Yep. But So we're talking just a little bit different characteristics mm-hmm. as far as body size. So. Right. You know, and then of course you have a target background. So when we're saying longer bows, you, you're getting a flavor of both. Yep. So, yeah, which is nice having a little bit longer draw. It kind of eliminates your decisions, yeah, but you it's got, still tough. You got still less tough. options. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. the reason I say that is like it, you would have to do some black magic on a, a phase four twenty nine because max draws thirty. Mm-hmm. So why mess with that? You're kind of limited a little bit on short right. bows, but you're probably not going to shoot a short short bow. Mm-hmm. all that off i mean you do here but as far as for yours right all right ss34 what color yeah so that one i did the uh the flat dark earth riser and i did black limbs nice and uh i got that in december and that was when me and john remember we were so sick we called in sick to work mm-hmm. couldn't make it i got it that monday when i finally showed up i couldn't even draw it back i was so weak and then by the end of that week i was in uh yankton south dakota shooting the rushmore rumble with it <laughs> and i'm just shooting uh um micro dvs bars and black gold dual track on there and and um it just that bow married up pretty well shot really well had a good time with it but so that bow i put the uh the gas ghost xv strings on there so it's white white serve white string and then uh, i got a hamsky uh, rest on there the epsilon uh not the epsilon still got the trinities okay um and then I have now a Garmin site on there that I had last year, put it on there for turkey hunting, and I'll have it on there for deer hunting as well. I'll hunt states that um, allow the Garmins. Yep. If I do decide to do a state that doesn't, I have that dual track that I can put back on there. And then uh, going up, let's see, stabilizers. So for hunting this year, I'm not running a front bar. Which, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Then there's a couple of things that played into that, but I'm running a sidebar. I'll never give up a sidebar. I think yeah. that's one thing that uh, <clears throat> if I had to choose between the two, which I did, it'd be mm-hmm. a sidebar just for torque and overall arrow tune and shooting. Um, I bought one of those ultimate decoys. And I mm-hmm. put that on my bow, so I can't run a front bar with yep. that on there for these turkey hunts. And uh, let's see, for a release, I'm doing the stand. The Onyx Double XL, trying on a bigger release, mm-hmm. and then I got the heavy metal for the first time, and that's just the thumb button. Really like that. And then actually on the <clears> counter <throat> here, I got the hinge release, and from Stan, from Stan, same same exact release, more or less, just a different head because yeah. it's a hinge. Yep. And I messed around with our demonstration model, mm-hmm. and that's the first hinge release I've ever got to shoot same point of impact as my thumb, and Perfect. I really like that. Yeah, yep. and it doesn't change anchor or anything, and I like the way it that uh safety works and mm-hmm. i like how it doesn't have a click because for whatever reason whenever i get to that click there's that slight hesitation yeah. get back on target i like just being drawback take safety off roll through that shot and uh it's nice to go back and forth between the two because for hunting i'll always use that thumb button mm-hmm. probably um let's see quiver <laughs> running a tight spot quiver on that one garmin sight arrows 
I'm doing the VAP TKOs. Okay, because, so four millimeter, yeah, one six six. Yep, with a fifty grain outsert. Overall arrow weight, I cut them a little short because I'm running that boat thirty and a half. Yep, and I think they're about four hundred fifty grains with a hundred grain tip, and then uh, whole theory behind that is I'm changing. I dialed back on my poundage, sixty seven pounds. Okay, but I'm performance mode, and so I'm still getting two eighty eight for speed. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pretty pleased with that. But it again, just goes back to that super smooth drawing boat. Cause I thought. I got to draw back on a turkey or on mm-hmm. a deer, saddle hunting now, getting an awkward position, cold weather with the longer draw. And with that poundage, I still get good efficiency. I'm happy with it. And so why run 72? Mm-hmm. I can do the same five pounds less. And what he's talking about, for those of you who have never shot a Bowtech, um, you have the ability, it's the same mod. We just flip it completely over. Comfort mode is going to be 90% of their bows that are here for you to demo. But the performance is a little bit mm, harsh, but it adds feet per second. Just dumps off in the back end yep. different. Like yep. it's more of a hump on the back end and a shorter valley. Yep. Mm-hmm. And exactly. on that 34, it's not nearly as pronounced. Okay. Especially like on the SR350, that one, yeah. you could definitely tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, on this one, it rolls. And the same thing was on our Volt XL. Very smooth draw. It's got a different cam. I think the SS34 draws even smoother than the XL. Actually, I probably get better speeds than what mm-hmm. I did on my XL, which yep. I'm happy because this one's got another quarter inch of brace height, another inch of axle to axle. Forgiving. It's just an awesome shooting bow, and and it's actually done very well in the shop. Like even for guys that say don't meet that big bow stature, you know, mm-hmm. they're not the the six foot plus guys, they're not thirty inch draw plus guys, but they still just enjoy shooting it and how it performs <clears> and it works. It's an awesome bow. So, will just out of curiosity, will you run a front stab come whitetail? Or is it with just that Garmin so, on there? Yeah, you know, with, with a little bit of that weight, of that Garmin, I can be pretty accurate with it. Like I shot three mm-hmm. D two weekends ago with it, and even out to eighty yards, you know, it's all ten ring type stuff. Yeah, and what more could I want for a white tail right. type hunting setup? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think a big reason with those Bowtex, like they have a very different shaped riser, and mm-hmm. there is something to the geometrics that that riser has, and that's one thing that I think Bowtech my favorite attribute about the Bowtech bows is that when you point them at something, they point mm-hmm. right where you point them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less shimmy and shake to them. I think the grip sits more in line oh. with like the rockers and the yeah. pockets. It's harder to torque <clears throat> that bow. And that, yeah, that's one of the, the clutch grip. That's I mean, a you fantastic can run grip. an angle or you can run, you know, the standard. It, it, it's very repeatable. Yeah. It's very thin. Yep. Uh, do you wrap yours? Well, just enough to put that trigger switch on that garment. Okay. Um, but that's the cool thing about that that grip is how it starts so slim. But if a guy does want to put grip tape on there mm-hmm. or just a barrier between him and the aluminum, you can without getting yeah. bulky. Right. And that, it's kind of odd. Like, there's a lot of pushback. When guys get that Bowtech grip. They're, Man, there's not a lot there. Well, that's because that's a proper grip right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel like my uh, Louisville slugger that I had on my 1990 yeah. bow before this. Yeah. Yeah. We won't mention any brands, but yeah. <laughs> but I like how uh, those boats, and that was the reason I tried them last year. That was the first time I've ever shot a Bowtech was that Revolt XL, and yeah. that cam system tunes like a dream. And it does. what's cool is you know, I shot those X27s mm-hmm. at Yankton, and then I shot... It was like a, a V-Force type arrow for, for League. And then now I'm shooting those VAP TKOs. And who knows? I might change up by the time yeah. fall comes. There's a lot right. of time. And uh, 
But to go in between those arrows is super simple with that with that system. And then also at the same time, if I want to run fixed heads or expandables, mm-hmm. won't touch on which ones, but I can do all that tuning, especially at home, and it doesn't take long. And that's just the thing for the, you know, because social media has such an influence, like it or don't like it. it people are now, okay, I need to tune my bow, which I, I applaud them. Yeah. Like, why have your arrow flying sideways, you know? Mm-hmm. There's guys, and you guys see it here too, that take it to the next level. You can bear shaft tune with an Allen wrench. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can broadhead tune with an Allen wrench. Besides your elevation on your rest, yep. when you're switching arrow profile, but. Well, it's still you, done with an Allen wrench. Well, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, you can literally tune the living piss out of that bow yeah. by yourself. Yeah. A little instruction. A wide range of tuning. And what's mm-hmm. cool is like when you're tuning somebody on the range or if a buddy's over at the house, you know, you're doing a, a late night session of shooting and you want to just go that extra mile bear shaft or broadhead, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, you can kind of, it makes sense to them when you're taking that Allen wrench and you can watch that cam go side to yep. side as compared to run up to the press. I'm like, yeah, I'm putting these top hats or spacers in here. And I think it really clicks with them, even if they're not the most tech savvy type people. <clears throat> yep. And it makes them more at ease maybe yep they feel like you're not doing some black magic to your to your yeah. bow oh yeah <laughs> it's pretty tangible you uh you kind of skipped the most customized accessory that you had on that bow for your <laughs> wisconsin turkey hunt adam i want to hear about that okay that's the one thing about bowtex if i had to rate that bow it'd be like a four or five just because unlike matthews and all their sweet system building accessories mm-hmm. you know, where you can build the, the best system with the quiver and those limb legs bowtech does not have a good way to keep your bow up like a bow stand that you can shoot with on yeah and with that big turkey decoy i thought well how am i supposed to call and and sit down and have this bow upright and this big tom decoy not on his side moving around Mm -hmm. and so john and i got to kind of looking at it and we're like well let's take a hoyt go stick run that my main stab stab bushing and then we cut down those standard diameter arrows i was shooting and then we put like the the little rubber stoppers on there Mm -hmm. and so i got well you say they're 16 17 inches yeah, 18 probably yeah. yeah these 18 inch basically ghost sticks on steroids yep. sticking out my bow but then i can set my bow up and leave it down mm-hmm. and uh it kind of did some frankenstein in there yeah. but it worked we had to take the rods out of or the threaded rod out of that ghost stick, yep. heated yeah. them up pulled them out and then figured out what diameter arrow can we match them up inside epoxied the hell out of them yep <laughs> and it stuck yeah it's it stuck it's i've got them caught ingenuity. on branches it's i mean it is once right. he, he wanted to be able to keep that decoy up, so he had a decoy that straps on the front of his bow, for those who yeah. don't understand what yep. a, that ultimate predator decoy is. Yep. And it's got a big window like from where your arrow comes out and your sight comes out so you can see through the center of it. Yep. And then, I mean, it, it takes up a lot of room, so it's like, well, we can't have anything sticking forward, mm-hmm. and we need to get the height of these legs just right so that the decoy right. isn't pitched forward staring at the ground or tipped up looking in the clouds so right. we, we kind of cut them down a few different times and played with how the bow sat that was pretty cool was i was going to use it in wisconsin but there was way too many old retired shotgunners runner on that public <laughs> land for me to have the audacity to put that tom turkey on there <laughs> that's a good point it is yeah. a good point i it think says right, right on, on it yeah. <laughs> yeah it says do not use on public land we are not liable if you are to get shot or injured using this product yeah <laughs> sure the we'll old make headlines gobble. yeah <laughs> but no and then like i said that bow is just super easy to go back and forth between arrow builds between league shooting hunting and and especially with that garmin with the it's a pro site to do the validation it's just, it's just super slick mm-hmm. super slick <clears throat> sounds like a great setup What's your hunting bow this year, Wade? Oh, you guys, I don't want to talk about mine. We, t- we still got two from yours. 
My main or I have two. Oh, that, of course uh, you have two, but. Uh, you already talked about the phase four. It's set up very similar to what you have. I mean, almost identical, but it's a 33. Mm-hmm. The only thing different is I went with the option, uh, Canyon Pounder this year. Yeah. And here's the reason for it. A lot of people see the price tag on that and they go, oh, man. It's virtually two sites in one. Yep. It's a single pin and it's a five pin. And so, it's a slider. Yep. And it's a slider. So it's so, three sites in one. It, it, yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, and here's the reason for it. Um, Mr. Evans is a very, very cool guy. He's ingenuity. You guys know the, the backstory about Trophy Taker and then sold it off and then started his own deal. It is built better than any site I've ever Ever. And I, I love Excel. I love black gold. Absolutely love them. <clears throat> but this site, literally, I could throw off a cliff and be just yeah. fine with it. I customized the pins. So I'm the guy that went all green except for my single pin is red. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't see red, but I, that's where my light is. So I can light that up. Situation, if I needed to over that 60-yard mark or for turkey hunting, basically in a split second i can open up that capture cage take away and i have a single pin and on the when you're looking i'm right-handed on the left side of the site my main sight tape is my single pin Mm -hmm. so that's 20 through 100 it's actually more than that when i get done with it but on the back side i can close that lid and then i i have my 60 yard pin now goes from 60 to 100 yep so in a situation whitetail minnesota missouri even north dakota all of my pins are there for instant ranges. Yep. You know, even if I have to pin gap, <clears throat> which is it's relatively easy because I shoot a pretty fast setup. I can do it. Or if I needed to take a shot <clears throat> and I want some clarity, I just open that hood and I have my single pin. Yeah, that's a really um, cool site. And it, I did get the bridge lock. Yeah. So I lightened it up just a little bit. It's, it's super sleek. It's super tough. Very enjoyable site to shoot. I haven't shot a fixed pin for a long, long time. Again, it's not just a fixed pin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, it's basically the only thing different from your build is I went with a Rip SS. Yep. For my white tail arrow. Yep. Because my other bow is going to be shooting distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rip SS is the VAP SS on steroids in a five millimeter. I really like that 204 diameter for componentry. Yeah. I like to shoot lighted knocks. Yep. Uh, the new Halo knocks, I think, are just a little bit more robust in a five millimeter, the componentry. I run the standard shock insert. <clears throat> How heavy did that come out to be? <clears throat> so I'm a 29 inch draw on a Matthews, but I cut my arrows down to 27. Yeah. So uh, is 493 grains total build. That's a 300 spine probably. Yep. Yeah. Cut short, 50 grain insert, mm-hmm. 100 grain tip. Yep. And then that's your lighted knock in there also for weight. Uh, no, that would that's without it. So it's just it, over 500. Or, yeah, just a little bit over 500. Yeah. I do uh, like how those halo knocks turn on and off too. Yo, They're yeah. sweet. And I like the fit um, because I like to, when I'm practicing, I don't, I don't use the AAE IP number five. It's a little bit fat and bulky. If I was running a nocturnal, that's what I would do. AAE IP or victory IP number five with a nocturnal. But I run a, just a little bit smaller, sleeker knock. So then this is an easy trans. I don't have to mess with my knock sets. Are you running an Easton knock out of yours? <clears throat> Maybe. Gold yeah. knock? Nah. <laughs> it's an Easton knock. Okay. But, Does that, um, do you, I don't know why, but I feel like just those Easton knocks, if it's the fit on most bows, like center serve, I, 
the only gripe I have with those things, it seems like they will chew through a center serve faster than any other knock. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is an Easton X knock. Um, yeah. I've seen that on the micro. The it's called, It used to be called a deep six knock. Um, I can see them eating it a little bit. I do have a set of gas strings on there. Uh, I haven't had, yeah, but I've only had, you know, maybe two, 300 shots through it. So okay. it, I don't know yet, but I, I've run the Easton Ox for a long, long time. And I just, the durability of the slim yep. factor. Does it matter? No. I like to have as least amount of surface area. And I like to have my, my, all my energy going to a small area, rather a fat area. Does it make a difference? Absolutely not. You know, just like fletching your, your, helical left or right it doesn't make a god dang difference oh man <clears throat> he said it. but i do it but i also run that bow is pulling 77 pounds oh so you're that's where 75 spinned out yep yeah so that's what the gas strings i gain a, a little bit more poundage but that's where that 500 grain arrow yep. it still works pretty good well, absolutely especially for a whitetail setup mainly yep. 40 and in and yep. you, you can shoot them a lot you know past yep. that but you should have more drop that you're doing and, I, and I, I say that with a grain of salt like those longer shots that's practice mm-hmm. just to make sure i like to tune further with my broadheads i like to practice further just because it's cool yeah you know but yeah i in the last okay besides my washington muley yeah <laughs> the last seven eight years has been 40 and in yeah i think i took a shot at one at 42 i mean they did but um you know i don't i just don't I set up my spots in Minnesota, North Dakota, Missouri. That's the way it is. I, yeah. I don't know how to say. It. I don't really hunt a lot of field edges early season, <clears throat> but if I did, I'd have a different setup probably. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I shoot a hinge. Um, if I was gonna play once in a while with thumb blunt, I shoot the ultra view. Yeah, um, that's thumb. a nice feeling release. It is. It, it ergonomically, it just fits. I got big old sausage fingers and mitts, and it just fits really, really nice. I love the thumb barrel on it, and then no travel. Do you have a medium or a large? I shoot a medium. Actually. Really, really. The largest has a little bit too much room. I don't shoot with gloves on, so I don't. But I shoot a medium. Yeah, <clears throat> I run. You can see the callus, but my my release is a little bit more forward than some. Oh, where he just held his hand out, and his index finger has like I mean, it almost looks more like a planter's wart coming out of it. <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Oh my goodness! <laughs> the entire time we've got a hand. And a lot of that comes That's from That's got to help hinge. with consistency when you have that big bulbous <laughs> thing on your finger. <laughs> since, <laughs> since 2016, you know when you run a hinge, a true yeah. ball hinge, like that's where a lot of your weight is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always been that white line and that bump. Now that'll get cut open and bleed, oh, yeah. you know, but it's a pain in the butt, but that's the way it shoots. Oh man. If yeah. you can't, I, I, I can't get over that. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, a lot shoot. of arrows. A lot of arrows. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's basically my rundown. Uh, is it going to be my primary? I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't know until August, but I kind of dabbled. I'm dabbling with another bow that, We'll talk about in just a bit. Anyways, we got two. Yeah, we got a, two other bows we got to run. All right, second bow, which in no particular order, yep. right? Um, the other bow I'm running this year is uh, Bowtech Carbon One. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of went complete opposite end of the spectrum with both my bows. Typically, I was kind of one bow a little shorter, one bow longer in that 34, 35. Um, so this year, I'm running two shorter axle to axle bows. That yep. Phase Four Twenty Nine is obviously twenty nine axle to axle, and then um, that Carbon One. 30? 30, right? There's 30 and a half. Oh boy. Professionals here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll 30. say 30, right? And in that 30 range. Um, that bow has 
the prettiest draw cycle out of the shorter bows in my opinion Mm -hmm. and it actually took me a long time to decide on that second bow i was torn i was torn pretty bad on like i had a lot of bows down in our demo range and it wasn't a one-day decision on that one Mm -hmm. i had uh i was playing with a pse fortis 30 i i think if i went longer this year i would have probably played with like that mach 34 with the ec2 cam Mm -hmm. yep oh i like that bow a lot too yep but i i'm making myself shoot shorter (laughs) bows this year yeah um part of the reason is i'm I'm basically going to be whitetail hunting this year. I don't have an archery mule deer tag at the moment, nor okay. nor will right. I. Will you? Yeah. yeah. Unless somebody out there has a landowner tag. They, <laughs> you know, 28 West Division Street, attention, yeah. John, you can send yeah. that on over. Um, but so I, I'm kind of running shorter bows at Carbon One. I shot a CP30 next to it. Um, I had an RX7 Ultra last year. I played with the shorter RX7. Um, and I, it just, I had one already. You know, so I wanted to change it up a little bit. Um, historically, I've always liked the Bowtex, kind of how I touched on the risers of just when you point them at something. I like how the grip fits. It's it's narrow, as Adam touched on with his Bowtech. Um, the deadlock system is extremely tunable. Mm-hmm. We touched on that and everything. Um, it is a heavier carbon bow. Um, I also had uh, one of the bows I was comparing and contrasting to was like the Elite Arrow. A little mm-hmm. bit, that one's more in that 32 inch axle to axle range and not that that's a make it or break it for height or anything on it mm-hmm. but i wanted i didn't know what i wanted and it took me a while to decide on it so there was a lot of bows that i shot in comparison i do like a heavier bow setup um and that's one thing that like on my rx7 ultra i ran not only their shorter uh shorty stab that it comes yep. with i ran a six inch bar out of the lower position with extra weight added to it i ran an eight inch bar out the back even though it was a carbon lightweight bow, I wanted that weight up there to get it to hold on target how I wanted to. So that's one thing that I do like about the Bowtex. I actually don't have to add as much weight to my stabilizers because it's a little bit heavier than the other carbon bows are yep. right out of the get-go. Um, <clears throat> and it, it, it just fits. It feels good. It's got a wicked good draw cycle. I'd say it has a firmer back wall than what my Matthews has um, with those bigger pegs that it has. Like when you hit that back wall, you can keep pulling. It doesn't have that extra squish that the mm-hmm. Matthews does to it. So... The tunability that thing has, um, super smooth draw. I feel like that's going to be, you know, like that later season. Um, I like a carbon bowl for tree stand hunting. Just like, I'm not careful. I, mm-hmm. I, I, like I should be, but like, I, 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 you know, you tap your bow into your stand, you hit your, you hit your, uh, saddle platform as you're walking up to it. You're pulling your bow up. That carbon bowl does not resonate sound when you tap it into something be it metal or wood or whatever in your tree stand um the way that an aluminum bow does um it's a lot duller and it doesn't ping or it doesn't have like an unnatural sound to it so that's one thing i really like about the carbon rigs um and then again being kind of getting to do a lot of my stuff late season the temperature factors it sounds kind of sissy-ish, but like it it's there it is there for sure and like until you have one it's hard to demonstrate hard to it's hard to verbalize that to somebody and they're like, well, you know, just, you know, buck up a little bit or have a, no. have a hand warmer in your pocket. But it's like, no, yeah, because the situation I, I, I love and I hate when people say that, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, does it really matter? If you have a deer <clears throat> target animal coming in and it's 60, 70 yards coming in, sometimes that takes five minutes. Yeah. You hang on to that bow minus 30 degrees. It doesn't even have to be negative 40. Just let's say it's 10 degrees. Good luck. Right. 
Because you don't want to move. Well, you even know, just you carrying know. it around. Yeah. You're holding on to this cold riser, and you're constantly switching hands because yeah. it's just a cold brick. <laughs> and typically late season, you're dealing with so much less cover yep. in your tree stand environment um, that you don't get away with the kind of movement that you can get away with in October, late yep. October, mid-October. Um, yep. You know, uh, a dude and a, a blob of, of a dude off the side of a bare tree with yep. no leaves left on it. Like, yeah, you don't get away with as much. You got to be a little more fickle <laughs> about your setups there. Mm-hmm. Um, that bow, I have, I, so I also have a set of VAP SSs that I run. Um, I haven't decided which arrows I'm going to shoot out of that bow yet. I have mm-hmm. shot both. I've played with both. I've shot broad heads on both of them already. They both pipe them right where they're supposed mm-hmm. to when I tune it that way. There's a, a little bit of a speed gap there. It's not a, it's not a lot. Um, I think that one's running at, it's like a nine foot per second difference. So my math is 287. So then that one's 279, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. 279 with the same arrow, cut the same, mm-hmm. all that kind of jazz. I do run the Bowtech at a half inch longer draw length. So I have that at 29 and my anchor lines up the same. Could just be how the you know shallowness of the grip right. or if it's healed out a little bit more. Um <laughs> But it's just, it's smooth. It's yeah, quiet. It it's, is. It's a tag driver too. Yeah. And I don't know. I still, I, I really like my RX-7 Ultra. Don't get me wrong. That was mm-hmm. an awesome shooting rig. I like the draw cycle better on um, the Bowtech. I like the tuning system a little bit better on the Bowtech. But I still really like that RX-7 Ultra. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't say yet if I liked one better than the other. I just don't have enough rounds through my Bowtech. Same QAD rest or virtually same? Well, virtually the same. This one says Hoyt on it. (laughs) Uh, So same thing there. Same uh, uh, sight of that black gold four pin, two inch housing driver. And then I'm running a longer front bar. Um, I think it's like 12 inch with a little bit of weight added to the front. And then I have one of the old KO caps from the 365 stuff that I add to the front of that. And that is... That's literally there is just like an extra handle. When you throw your bowl over your shoulders, if you're hucking around out west where you don't have tree cover that you're ducking underneath, it's just a super effective, efficient way to carry your bow. Your strings don't get as beat up by like the grass and all the all the stuff that's coming up from the ground's got like sharp abrasive edges. When you can carry your bow above that, your strings don't get as torched in a week of hunting as like if you carry it down by your side. Yep. Yeah. So that thing's sweet. I dig that bow. What um, color? So I did a smoke riser with black limbs on that one. So it's gray through the center, black limbs out on it. Um, currently still just has stock strings on it for the moment, but tight. We'll see what happens there. All right. So we're going to continue with this podcast, but just so everybody knows, we're opening the doors here in Wade Park. Maybe one will step away, maybe not, but we're just going to keep rolling because this is a good podcast. Um, We talked about a bigger peep. You run a quarter? Yeah, a quarter inch peep site, two-inch housing. Like a rad peep or a one peep? I I just run like the regular rad aluminum peeps. I don't like, and I'm not a big fan of that longer tubular style. Again, I just don't shoot like the target stuff. I'm not worried about light baffling. I want Mm -hmm. as much light through that thing as possible so that I'm not cutting out legal hunting time on overcast days, rainy days, you know, yucky days out there where like your light fades a lot quicker. That's a good point. And that's, you know, I just, people ask, Yep. especially when you have a two inch housing, I assume you, maybe I shouldn't assume, do you line up your peep aperture with your scope ring? Well, I actually have a little extra there. So again, like under you, you shoot inside, you shoot at high noon or whatever. Like if I look through my peep, I see probably, uh, you know, half the thickness of like your index finger all the way around it. Um, I don't center that. I actually line up the top of what I can see through my peep to the top curvature of my sight housing. 
and it stays the exact same even when I dial it down then. So okay. I have a consistent point where the top two hoods ring up to each other mm-hmm. and I see extra on bottom. bottom. Um, and that's just, it's something I can do consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I see a little extra. I would rather see a little extra because as light fades, you get worse lighting conditions. You don't see as much through that peep sight as what you do when you set your peep at high noon or in a good lighting, mm-hmm. you know, in a shop when you're shooting. So yep. these guys that want it married up absolutely perfect, all well and good if you're only shooting in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I understand why. But yep. I'm, I've always been the guy that, like, I would rather see just a little extra. Yep. Even if we go back to, like, the bulls <clears> I shot <throat> in high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if you can remember. Adam might remember this. Wade, I know Brandon will remember this. Um, but, like, the blue, I think it was a Venom peep sight. They were blue. They had like a latex clear tube. I drilled that thing out bigger than what it was. You know, like you got to <laughs> yeah. be real careful because it was already installed in my string. I don't have a right. press at this time. <laughs> so I got my drill going and I'm like, I better not, you know, sneeze or something while I'm doing this. Oh, I love it. I love it. But little extra. I don't know. Yeah. It works. Still just yep. plenty accurate or as accurate as I need to be. You're on a tight spot on that Bowtech? I will, yeah. I've got a couple of tight spot quivers from years gone by. So that's kind of the one thing. I don't have it sitting on there right now. Is it sitting over there? Because both the tight spots I have, one's a subalpine and one's like a real tree edge. So they don't look mm. great on there, but they'll work just fine for hunting. Sure. Heck yeah, dude. Yeah. And then, of course, Southpaw. <clears throat> Lefty. Yeah. I won't hold it against you. So is I that, run. Is that because your eye dominancy or just because you're left-handed? Straight up eye dominancy. Yeah. I'm. I can't write my name with my left hand. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's Good. it's brutal. <laughs> and then, you know, if you are getting a new bow or if you're young, uh, that plays a lot into it. Yep. If you I can't w- see, you can't shoot. Had that discussion with a lot of a lot of folks in here is like dad brings kid in and, oh, shoot, you know, he's going to be a lefty. That means I can't hand my bow down to him realistically in 10 years junior ain't going to want your bow anymore you know like by then there's going to be other stuff out there too right yeah right adam number two number two kind of unique this year um this is the first year i don't own a legit target bow like one that if you went to a bow manufacturer's page you went to their target bows it'd be listed on there um i really like that hoyt binary cam system yes they did come out with that on their stratus models uh, but I wanted something that I could take my accessories, my RX-7 Ultra, like my stretch quiver, my Picatinny rail bracket, and put onto. And that there basically narrowed it down to the high line. Mm-hmm. And uh, 36 and a half inch axle to axle on that bow. That one there, it's got an 8 inch brace height. Um, I got that one set about that 30 and a half, 31, just kind of depending on the situation. Got an 8% let off. I did the bourbon, that new color, mm-hmm. the lover hate kind of color. And when I got it, I got bourbon mm-hmm. riser with the black limbs. Sharp. And I've been in love with it ever since. Yep. Ever since. Everybody likes it except Jake for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. He sees that voice so that thing looks ugly, but everybody else loves it. Maybe Jake, still, that, Jake still wears the same socks he did in high school. Right. He doesn't like change. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've seen people do that bourbon up in different ways. Isaac, he got that RX-7 yeah. Ultra with the black riser, bourbon limbs. That is downright gorgeous mm-hmm. downright gorgeous the best looking bow i've seen this year out of anybody's yeah anywhere oh. is it here uh, yes is it no, really no i took it home i would too because i'd be afraid yeah. somebody's stealing that <laughs> yeah no that thing's a stunner but yeah then i did uh gas strings on that i did all flow yellow okay because i set up a guy with an rx7 ultra or rx7 he did a uh, bourbon and then he, i did all the rest ties and things like that in yellow yeah. and that looked sharp mm-hmm. so i did all flow yellow on that with black serving 
turned out real well. Um, doing a Hamsky uh, Trinity rest on that one. And then right now I have an Excel Achieve XP with an UltraView, uh, single pin fiber. I actually ended up putting a dot over the fiber for field shooting. Uh, it's got a six power lens in there. That bow's at 70 pounds. And that's why I shot league with five spot. That bow at 70 pounds draws like 60. Yep. It's, it's, it's a very, very cool oh, bow. It's, a, it's incredible how buttery smooth that thing is. <clears throat> um, been really, really pleased with that. And then let's see here. And that one, I'm running the specialty peep. Mm-hmm. The specialty peep with... Uh, you the know, old school or the podium? It'd be the podium, yep. 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 Now, again, I'm going to use it as like a backup hunting bow. Yep. And so that one, I'll have an OMP uh, retina. That's what I've been running mm-hmm. past couple uh, bows. I've been really happy with that. Yep. It's kind of got that hourglass <clears throat> shape. It's a strong, light peep. Um, probably run a 316th on there if I'm going to run that dual track. Uh, let's see here. And then... Got the ghost sticks on there. Don't have to Frankenstein them on that one. <laughs> thank goodness. Uh, those are just super handy. And then I actually have been running what I call thunder sticks. So I got a micro DVS. It's a 15 right now, but I'm having to make me a custom 20 on that new V2 setup. Mm-hmm. And I'll run that with a 10 inch sidebar. And for outdoors and that wind, they just seem to cut, but they still hold good. And I've been, and I like that. Um, <clears throat> so it's kind of like a little bit more of a hunter looking setup to it. Yeah. But uh, in arrows, I'm running Rip XVs. This is the first year I've ever ran Rip XVs. Just kind of want to see what those are all about. They're 300 spines. Um, and then I put the 75 grain outserts on there with 100 grain tips. So they're about 420 grains, and they're running about that 282 feet per second. And so out of a bow that it's not necessarily a fast bow at my draw length, but um, it's fast enough for okay. what I'm doing with it. But just a super forgiving bow on that will you shoot sectionals or field with that yep yep yeah i already shot a field shoot with it actually and i've already probably done like a half dozen 3d shoots with it perfect um, been pretty pleased with it like i said i shot indoor five spot league with it mm-hmm. and uh just with standard diamond arrows you know averaging at high 50x 50 i shot 160 <clears throat> with it a couple 58s you well, know, just Adam, standard let's, diameter. let's face it you could take a diamond edge and shoot high fifties. I mean, well, they don't make that in bourbon. So <laughs> yeah, we're talking to a guy that, that shoots, I wouldn't say for a living, but if you if there's a guy in the, the shops that could compete with anybody out there, it's Adam. Um, and he does all of this with a button. Do you shoot that with a hinge? I've been or messing around with the go back and forth. Yeah, but it'd primarily been a button. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I bet it holds like a dream. It does yeah. an eight inch brace. It's kind of crazy. Cause I haven't shot a bow with that long of a brace sight since my Martin Firecat <laughs> yep. back in 2005. Just because there's not many bows out there that got a mm-hmm. brace. Even the target bows yep. only have like a 7, which they still shoot like a longer brace. Mm-hmm. But those long draw bows, man, they get they get bracy. Mm-hmm. Well, they have to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cameras are only that. so big. <laughs> right. Yep. But I've just been pleased with that HBX system, whether it's on a, uh, like a VTM style or um, their RX-7 Ultras. They tune well. They, mm-hmm. they draw nice. They're good cams. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting difference, I guess you could say. I think people get the idea that, you know, you can play with anything and everything. Mm-hmm. But having the ability, and, and just saying that, so there's a lot of listeners out there that aren't going to have two bows. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different um, heads on shoulders at the pro shop. You know, like we're unfortunate we couldn't have Buck on this morning. 
but the bow setups here in Wake Park, <clears throat> they vary so much. You go to Rogers, they vary so much. You go to Brainerd where we have the two Paul Bunyans that work for us, you know, <laughs> they Frankenstein the shit out of some stuff up there. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, they, they shoot very well and they yeah. can play and, and, you know, Jason, not pointing out any names, but he'll go through five or six before he gets it narrowed down. Right. I, <clears throat> I play a lot because we can. Yeah. Uh, my second bow, it's going to dial down to one of two, but it's in the PSC family. Yeah. It's either the Mach 34 or the Levitate. The Levitate is set up. The Mach 34 drills right now. I kind of kind of played around in the bow hunter class a little bit. <clears throat> I wouldn't have shot a PSE if you would have paid me <laughs> for, until a few years ago. They're tunable yeah. now, especially this year. 220 system for yep. shimming, yeah. And then the EC2 cam. Like, I didn't really get along with the S2 cam at all. The old Evolve cam is probably one of the smoothest out there for PSE. Mm-hmm. But they made this EC2 cam where we could still get pretty good speeds, Yeah, but it's very, very enjoyable to shoot. Um. I hate to say it because I'm not a short bow guy. The levitate's not short, but that bow holds. That bow shoots. That bow is smooth, and you. I'm running a pretty light arrow, 425 grains. <clears throat> I don't really have a sight tape, you know, that, that stretches out, and that's going to be a dual pin. Mm-hmm. So I have instantaneously 20 and 40, and it's the first bow I've had in a long time where it's exactly 20 and 40 mm-hmm. on my, the setup. And then my sight tape, you know, I'd shooting 316 feet per Holy second. Yeah, that's boogie. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I took a super light carbon bow, and I weighted it properly. Yep. Yeah. So I have a light sight, but I have, long, I have a 15-inch and a 10-inch stabilizer. It just, it's just something about the grip. I don't know. Yeah. I love the finish on it. Uh, that bow is gray, all gray. I kind of did the knock-on look. I got flow green strings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it opened my eyes a little bit. The 34 is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. I just I haven't decided. Every yeah. one of those 34s that I set up, like when I set them up, tune them, it's like, gosh, I kind of want, I kinda want <clears throat> yeah. one of these. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of want one of these really bad. It's on next yeah. year's radar for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, the, you know, that's basically running. I do a lot of things with the target background like i run a different d loop than most i run knock sets a little bit different than most uh not contrary to your i loved how you did your peep deal and there's reason behind it right i run a super small peep all the time Mm -hmm. some reason my eyes the way things work is completely opposite than most i don't line up an aperture i center my pin in my peep so i run a little bit different anchor just because I'm a little bit bigger faced, rounder faced, it's different anchor than most guys. But I'll center my pin. It doesn't matter if it's at 80 or if it's at 20. I don't have to set my my peep sight for like that magical 40 yard distance, you know, because I'm always centering my pin. I don't worry about the aperture size. My eyes, my peep shrinks in super bright light. My peep grows in just the way that my eyes work. And, it, and I've talked to hundreds of different people and it's opposite of most. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it is. Now, is there a situation, low light, rainy day, I'm not going to be able to shoot for 10 minutes like John will, or, you know, you're kind of in the middle of that. <clears throat> like Dan runs a quarter inch peep, doesn't matter what it is. He's a straight up killer. <laughs> that's why. <Yep. laughs> uh-huh. I mean, he can see through that thing at 10 o'clock if he needed to. Can you see your, the outside of your housing yet? 
Uh, so I run Ultra View Scope yep. on that particular setup, and I can see the inner torque ring, oh. but I can't see the outside of the on a thirty-one or the XL for housing. the housing size. Yeah, just the standard, standard. thirty-one. Yep. Oh, so it is small. Yep, everything is small. <laughs> everything small. Now the option oh. is different. I had to step up in peep sight. Yeah, just a little bit for that. That's a three sixteenth. Yep. But I'm running super small. Um, a Hamsky Raptor peep, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I really love the OMP peeps. I think they're yeah. they're really really nice. They hold up really well. But that that bow there, it took me a little bit to figure out an arrow with it. Um, I didn't want the super light, you know, three hundred and eighty grain because I am a believer in FOC yeah. to a point, not extreme FOC, but I believe in it. So <clears throat> getting an arrow shaft that works where I can run you know, 150 to 175 grains up front. Uh, I don't shoot anything but a hundred grain broadhead for the simple fact is if I don't want to, you know, I'm not a fixed blade guy. Again, August, we'll talk about yeah, the podcast don't, coming on. Don't be on, slipping on broadheads here now, Wade. I just, I, I do not skimp on accuracy and sometimes it hinders me mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, I've been in some low light conditions. Uh, two years ago, <clears throat> my knee shot that, that super nice eight pointer. I had that deer at 37 yards a week before that. Quarter and two would have took that shot nine days out of 10 that day. I could not see him. I could see him if I would have rednecked and went over my peep or under my peep, <laughs> but you know, <clears throat> I just, and it was legal light. I had five minutes left. I couldn't do it. So did it, did it hinder me? Would have been my biggest clean eight pointer ever, but he's on someone else's wall. And I mean, good for her state in the family, but that that's where it hindered me yeah. a little bit. See, and that's what I'm not willing to like compromise on just because like that's mainly what my bows are set up for. Just <clears throat> I'm, I'm here to hunt with yep. them, you know? Yep. And that bow probably won't be, if it is going to be in tree stand in Minnesota, Missouri, it, I'm going to change some stuff. Yep. Um, that bow I set up for one state and that's North Dakota. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Usually not going to shoot super early morning and not going to shoot late in the evening. My hunts are going to be, you know, from that nine o'clock until, cause a lot of it's spot and stock or I'm in a transition to where they're getting out of their bed to go to feed source. I'm there or they're coming back later. So mm-hmm. what model like, arrow did you say on that one? Yeah. So that is a, uh, that that's a standard VAP yep. TKO. Uh, it's a different insert out that we sell them. It's ethics. Yep. So it's a different insert outsert system. What weight? Of the the outsert, what weight is that? Fifty or fifty? Yeah, okay. as of right now, sure. I only have five of them built. Sure, uh, <laughs> I kind of, you know, is we live in this awesome spectrum of the pro shop, and we get a yeah. lot of cool stuff for free here and there. But them are literally arrows that were in the back. You know, you know our shop. Mm-hmm. There's a big old five gallon bucket of arrows, and I was just like five that matched, and I went, let's just try it. Yeah. But we're <clears throat> just so everyone's clear, the Matthews is ready to go. The Matthews, I could go hunt tomorrow. I'm still in the, I don't know what I'm running quite yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It won't be that arrow probably. I think that's what a lot of guys don't understand that like, you know, okay, we work here and everything, but like a lot of times our bows aren't, your your bow is ready way sooner as a customer yeah. than what ours are. I like, feel more yep. confident with a customer's bow when it comes <laughs> to August than I do my own. Yeah. So like a lot, that's a lot of us have to do all of our broadhead tuning. Like we get our strings broken and everything and then like, Pretty much all like my bows, I get broadhead tuned in July, and then mm-hmm. they got to be ready by then. Because if they're not, 
we kind of run dark to dark in the shop a lot of days yep. to where like we can't go out and shoot broadheads at 50 yards because by the yep. time we get home or by the time we're leaving home yep it it ain't light out we can't be shooting <laughs> as fast as that bow shoots i'm probably gonna go to a five millimeter or a, a 204 yeah probably um <clears throat> that that has an epsilon rest on it mm-hmm. uh the matthews has the qad so mm-hmm. we dabble but you know we dabble between it i don't uh i don't know yet what it's gonna be do you, do you run that core mount then on on that PSC <clears throat> yep. for the epsilon? Yep, that's so cool. That's it, a really cool setup. Sleek. It takes that side bracket off. It lightens the epsilon. Isn't the lightest dressed in the world. It's not the heaviest by no means, but it keeps it behind the riser. I, you know, five years ago, if you'd asked me, did it matter? It didn't. But now the ingenuity behind the grip. If you take a laser level and run it right down the center of your riser, the more stuff that you can put on that line. Mm-hmm. the less stuff you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> People don't worry about torque. That's fine. I do. You know, uh, that's the only thing, only negative thing about that bow is I have to run a removable quiver at the moment because, you know, I, I would like to have the low pro design or the two piece on it. I can't get one to work componentry wise at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still going to play with some stuff, but, and there's nothing detrimental about a tight spot. You know, I just remove it. I don't really shoot without a quiver. Um, What's that? Uh, is that that Altus quiver? Uh, Ultra, the Mountain View product. Yeah. One? Have you tried that one on that thing? Mm-mm. No, I haven't actually even seen it. Oh, to be true. Also. Oh, really? You guys have them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super lightweight carbon design. Like that's a pretty Did legit Did we just quiver. get them? For a couple uh, months, maybe a month or two. Uh, and it didn't, didn't show up in Rogers. Maybe take, <laughs> maybe take a peek. We'll take one off the shelf, send it down there with you. Play with that today. Because when you're in North Dakota, you're uh, whitetail, right? And yeah. That, yep. tree so stand. I, yeah, tree stand and spot and stock. We have, okay. so early season, the way that this, this chunk of land works is we have one irrigated alfalfa field. Yep. There's not a tree within 600 yards of it. Right. But there is a ton of cattails. Yeah. And there's also round bales. So... You can get into some of the biggest velvet bucks. I haven't killed one, but I know this the guy's going to be listening to this. You're basically still hunting spot and stock. Mm. You do a lot of prep work. We don't hunt mornings early season because we're hunting the day before Labor Day at noon is when we can start. A lot of evening hunts. So you're patterning these deer like a whitetail hunter should, but you're hunting them kind of like an out west situation there you're not putting on miles but you're you're that idea of things right the problem is those bucks are not stupid and where you think you got a 30 yard chip shot some days it might be 60 now i'm not sitting here and saying that you should pound one over 60 yards but if you're confident in your equipment and it's low wind that's the food source they're going to be on for the month of september so that's how we hunt them uh as we move you know the rut time yes we're in them cottonwoods bedding area yeah. That's tree stand. Then you could bring, run the math. You can run anything, right. you know. Um, <clears throat> you can bait North Dakota. We don't, but you could. You know, you could take your situations a little bit more at hand. But, yeah, it, it, unfortunately, it, I don't know what I'm running. The, the Matthews is going to be ready to rock. It is. Um, I really love those bridge lock stabs. I got a 12 and a 10. Yep. <clears throat> Way more secure. Us three standing here, we've had every stabilizer ever made from 365 to AAE to, you know, Matthews, even their flat lines. Taking a carbon rod, putting an aluminum cap on it with a stainless steel 
we've said it on every podcast, there's vibration, there's noise, there's residual stuff going on there. Now we have a chunk of aluminum attached to a chunk chunk of aluminum. Yeah, just rigid. Yep, well, it no, is. No quick connect, too. The exactly. Spin loose and all of a sudden, oh, gosh darn, now i got to get a big Allen wrench. Which, <clears throat> which we don't carry a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're trying to get that thing spun tight or you got your wrestling going on and yep. just get rid of that. Absolutely. Um, Do you run a wristling on any of your bows? Yeah, uh, not a wrist. Well, parachute cord. Yeah, is what it is. Some kind of a wrestling, though. Yeah, uh, that's one thing. I'm glad you brought that up. The Matthews will not move. So uh, I'm the philosophy like your left arm cannot move after your shot. That's the most important part of your shot sequence, right? Are you after, talking about a lefty or a righty? <laughs> your, 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 bow, your bow arm. Okay. So when you're hanging onto that bow and you execute a clean shot and it goes, if you move your left arm, if you drop away, like that, that's in a hunting world, you're not going to see it. But Adam, you can test this. You've shot target as well, like over here. If you're trying to hit that dime, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you move a 32nd of an inch, you know, that's half inch to two inches down south. So the PSC has a little bit of wow. It, it goes away from me. It kind of gets, so I got to hang on to the Matthews. It, it, it's, it's the smoothest, quietest. I have no clue what they're going to do to you. I mean, how do you get better? than that i i don't know unless they come out with a carbon you got a wristling on yours kramer i had one on my bowtech for league and then i took it off uh just because when i put a sling on i'm doing like a like a d loop but mm-hmm. i make it pretty snug um so that way it, it kind of works like as a sling where that bow's getting caught by that sling because i used to have that when i first started shooting them uh, trinities where i'd gouge the top of my when you're shooting them on that elite mm-hmm. yep yep and then ever <clears> since <throat> then i'd run it so snug that at full draw it barely had enough pressure but as soon as that shot broke boom it'd like catch that bow well to get your hand in in a hunting situation it was, it was imperative and then like spotting stalking turkeys things like that i just got rid of it um but now i probably should put one back on my hoyt speaking of little <laughs> trinkets i'm glad you brought that up like wrestling um sight lights on the sites you guys are running do you run one on my first black gold that i bought that slider four pin slider i put a light on it and then i think i bought my matching version of that site like a year later mm-hmm. i don't have a light on that one yep um and then i've i've actually never used a light on the one that i have okay <laughs> it's like i have it on there as like an insurance policy but mm-hmm. There are, I have hunted states where you can't have them. Yeah. So I, I, you just have to be, you know, ahead of the game on that. Know the laws, know the regulations, where you're going mm-hmm. and follow them. It's not worth having. The um, reason I asked, and you have a Garmin on your hunting bow, so. Well, and those black golds pick up moonlight so well, I don't have to worry about <laughs> it. <light. laughs> That's what I was going to say. So the, the ultra view as of now is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Minnesota is just fine. Missouri, you're okay. That bow is probably meant for North Dakota. That's where the dual track will be. Yeah. yeah. So same thing with the state of Washington last year. I had to take the ultra view off and go. I had to find something similar. The dual track is an amazing site. Yes. But there you don't, I'm, and I'll stand here and, and argue with anybody. You don't need a sight light. Unless you're in a blind, <clears throat> maybe. Even then, maybe. like turkey but hunting. They're, they're so bright. You keep it so dark in that blind. Maybe, maybe like in a, in a, like a box blind situation. That's mm. where I think a light is more important than anything else. Or mm. like early season you're hunting an alfalfa edge and you're still in a full canopy of trees where like right. all the light cuts out you go 10 yards into the woods it's dark mm-hmm. outside of that you got a half hour of shooting light yet right um that's where i think a light is more imperative but even like turkey hunting in the spring 
I've always been able to see my pins mm-hmm. at or before legal shooting light <clears throat> right. on, you know, yeah. now we keep windows probably a little more open than, right. you know, I would when I was deer hunting too. So there's an asterisk yeah. behind that. True. Ambient light, they, the fiber optic system on those, they just pick it up somehow. I'd say it adds three to five minutes over some other sites. Yeah. You Depending know. on time of year, like you said, there's and some. And it's changing <clears throat> without you having to change it. With that, mm-hmm. that photochromatic dampening, yep. there's so many times where, say you dim down like a rheostat site, mm-hmm. you're dimming it down because you're going out in the afternoon, your pin's super bright. Yep. Well, you get to think, or you're out there hunting <clears throat> and you don't think about you it. Forget, and all yeah. of a sudden it comes critical time and you have that dimmed down yet where that black gold's constantly changing throughout the evening without you having to make it. Yep. We didn't talk. Any of you guys running the bow spider? I Are you going to dabble with uh, it? I might. I've, I've seen them on customers' bows and, like, understand it. kind of depends on where you end up putting it on the rig. Mm-hmm. I think for certain situations, mm-hmm. it's a super useful product. Yep. Um, I'm not a big fan of carrying my bow on my pack at right. all when I'm out west, which is contrary to popular belief. But, yep. like, if it's shooting light, I want my bow in my hand. Absolutely. I've had too many circumstances where, like, you think you're just covering empty ground to get back to where you think the deer are. Mm-hmm. You come over a little rise and like, there holy cow, is big Louie is, <laughs> yeah. big Louie is right underneath me inside a shooting range. Now, if I have to get back over the peak of that hill, take my bow off my pack, that's where I guess the bow spider would be more convenient because you can just take it off your pack. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Unlike when you strap one into your pack, you got to take your pack off under yep. your latches. Try to not make any noise. <clears throat> that bow spider, you just pick it right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of... Uh, pluses to it you know if you don't want to case your bow and put it in the back seat of your truck you can hang it um you're mr exodar <laughs> so you know like we we watch some of those videos you yeah. have it packed yeah there's certain situations but it's an opportunity yeah. you know yeah. that you can add a lot of stuff to these bows you're going to use it all the time uh the, like you said the hoyt ghost sticks mm-hmm. absolutely Matthews has the engaged limb legs. Yeah. Absolutely. The Except sweetest, a tree stand, you know, sweetest but system out there. <clears throat> a lot of people don't think about practicing during the summer, lay that bow in the grass, lay it on the picnic table. Something happens, you know, just eliminate that. Right. I just worked on bow the other day that like, I can tell what happened to it. The customer really had no idea what happened to it. Yeah. But, like that bow got ran over hands down. His rest was smashed all the way out. Like, like the axle was pushed out all the way to the side. His sight was pushed all the way out. His top cam had this sweet S curvature going to it. Um, you know, you put that on a on an engaged limb leg, it stands up or, you know, whatever brand bow it is, you put yeah. it on some kind of a stand to where the bow is upright. You've just eliminated that possibility from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, as careful as you can be, whatever, like stuff still happens when you got your buddies, especially right. if your buddies are kind of yahoos, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, and just... You hear that? Yeah, my buddy backed over my bow. I had it setting on a tailgate or whatever it may be or behind the, the tailgate of the truck, and he backed over my bow. <laughs> that's the thing about those limb legs is that's why I wanted to put those ghost sticks on that bow tech so bad. It's just when you're going to uncase your bow, you can set it down. You have to lean it up against your, your vehicle so it slides and puts a big scratch. You don't have to put it on the hood of your vehicle to where it slides. Mm-hmm. You know, you're crossing a fence, you can set it down. Yep. If you're turkey calling, like in Wisconsin, that worked really well where I had that bow sling, that sick of bow sling. I would drape that over my side. I had my pack on my back, bino harness, and I'd just have that slung over and protect my string so it wasn't rubbing on my chest and just mm-hmm. gnawing at them. But I could stop, I could call, and my hands were free. Well, it'd be really nice if, like, say I had a turkey a couple hundred yards away, like when I'm putting a stock on, if I could have those limb legs to set that bow down, call, 
put back in, pick my mm-hmm. bow back up without having to pick anything off. <clears throat> and uh, I was like on that stock last night with those go sticks on that bow, that bow tech. Well, like I got caught on something. Next thing you know, that's coming loose. Where like with those limb legs, they're just on, they're rugged. They're not coming off whatsoever. And then when it comes time to shoot, you can shoot. Yep. And remember, we're recording this June 1st. So yesterday was the last day of turkey season. That's where Adam's going with that. They're gobbling this morning pretty good, too. But <clears throat> oh, yeah, of course. They, they all pop out this <laughs> morning. I seen a strutter on my way to work, and I was like, you bugger. Yeah, so I slept on the tent last night, and even sleeping on the tent, you could just hear them just firing off. And I said, you sons of guns. <laughs> you did have a good turkey season, though. It was fun. It was very fun. And going to Wisconsin was an eye-opener. And turkey season's one of those things where I get more fired up. And next year, I'm going to try and do a Kansas-Nebraska archery-only tour. Like the first part of uh, April, last part of March, yeah. I'm going to do Wisconsin again, and I'm going to do Minnesota. But I've just had a blast. You know with what's that. so fun to see, John? Is so Adam <clears throat> made this transition. He always been a hunter, right? The right but kind of transition. Not, he uh, <laughs> not the 2023 transition. He slept, breathed target archery. Yeah, like just this shooting. This son of a gun would run 12 hours for a scramble in wherever. Six hours to Green Bay for eight hours of shooting. Now we're starting to see that hunting bug is bit yeah. pretty. I mean, it, it doesn't sadden me, but the dude's shooting a hunting bow for target and he's beating me. Yeah, he's <laughs> beating everybody with it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but it's, it's cool to see. Um, well, it's, it's, it's kind of the thing that like probably shop to shop changes a little bit, but like we're constantly talking about, you know, tags where did you apply where did you buy points and like it's just a year-round conversation yeah you know this time of year it's kind of an off time for a lot of guys right now you know mm-hmm. a lot of guys in minnesota who are outdoorsmen sportsmen bow hunters i mean you got guys that are running up north they're going to the cabin we got yeah. lakes country not that far from here so you got a lot of guys that fish and everything too but this time of year is super fun because when you do see guys that you haven't seen since hunting season, yep. A, we get to reminisce about, hey, how did your hunting season go? What did yep. you shoot? How did it go? You know, everything worked right for you. But then this time of year, the conversation is, hey, did you draw any tags? Where did mm-hmm. you pull a tag at? Did you, did you apply here? Did you get a point here? Yep. Um, and, and just <clears throat> when you're around that all the time and that's what your coworkers are excited about, all of a sudden you kind of get excited mm-hmm. about it and you get that, you kind of get that bug bit mm-hmm. a little bit and then and you have a couple of turkey hunts in, in a row like Adam has had the last couple of years, like he's fired up about the birds. Yep. Yep. Now that that's over, it'll transition. I think uh, you're doing first out-of-state deer hunt this year, maybe? Yeah. Yep. Going to uh, Missouri, actually. Got invited to go with a group of guys. Nice. So, uh, yeah. You know, because we do have the 2023 hunting competition. Uh, oh, yeah. that's. A, we I thought we were going to take a year off. No. No, no, well, we, we edited, were, edited yeah. the rules. Edited Are we going to draft teams this Did year? Did you talk to the, him about it? The draft has happened. It's you, done. You've been drafted, my son. What? There's only yeah. two teams. <laughs> There's only two teams. There's two captains, Wade and Alex. <laughs> Wade <laughs> just two. referred to himself in the third person. Yeah. I like that. So the two shit talking, yeah. texting <laughs> comrades, the meme slinging, you know, two completely guns. opposite guys in the world. Then <laughs> they actually decided this. Yeah. But we have two teams. <clears throat> seven. Is this what that meeting was about? You guys spent the entire day <laughs> just talking about what we're going to do for a competition. The last well, hour draft analysis. <laughs> we had to watch ESPN at the Ocho to get statistics oh and everything. Goodness. So the draft is made. We're going to have a podcast just on this. What um, round did I go in? That's all I want to know. Third. I think everyone's in the first round technically. Yeah. <laughs> it was every other. Feels so much better. Uh, I don't know. Well, Adam's not on our team though. That's true. Yeah. 
You guys Sorry. are on a team? Yeah. When, when you get drafted, you get drafted, you know? Well, good thing you didn't draw those tags. <laughs> You're part of the 78% of people that did. They didn't, uh, they didn't ask who had what tags before they started drafting. So I'm on Alex's team, right? Yes. Well, hopefully he shoots nine does or whatever uh, it is. He will. <laughs> the thing is, is two, three of your teammates are have Missouri tags. Oh, baby. Jake, Jen, Adam. We got Jake and Jenny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He it's going to be interesting, uh, but it's cool that I think we're, so we're only doing two teams. So there's a little bit less like shop to shop animosity going on. <clears throat> we're built, we're bringing back, like you set up a shop to shop competition or a hunting competition a while back. And it was fun. It's so when we say competition, this is more so just to like, you know, even though we all work for the same company, we don't right. necessarily see each other very often. You guys yeah. are mainly in the Rogers store, mainly here. The brand yeah. boys are mainly up there. So when it originated, it was a way to like, I want to hear how Dan's hunt went. I want to hear yeah. how Jason's hunt went up north. I want to get a picture right away instead of like you come into the shop, you know, you don't know where other guys are hunting and all yeah. of a sudden people are like, oh yeah, you know, Jason killed a really nice one three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. No one told me, right. you know, so it's kind of cool. Last year we did it and it was just a little bit skewed. I will admit it was got out of hand. Kinda. It, it did. Uh, <laughs> we bent the rules a little in every situation, but this year it's cut and dry. We're going to bring back that camaraderie. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it's going to be fun. It's going to be, and we're going to do some stuff different this year on podcast. Reason being like, it's not going to be all product push. We're going to get more in depth with the people like, you know, the, the true bow technicians, pro shop guys. Uh, we're going to talk about this competition in depth. You know, we're going to have some trash talking a little bit back and forth, but we're also, you know, we, we can't give you the details, but there's a hunt that some of us are going to be on. Probably not me, but the guys are, but we're going to do a podcast like a, a live podcast day to day to day. So if it's five days, there'll be five podcasts. So you get hooked on the first, if John kills a, a monster or Adam's seen, you know, a giant, and we're just going to progress through that. So I know this one is just a little bit longer than most, but you see how we're relaxed. We're yeah. not pushing stuff. We're just, we're just visiting. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of the idea. Now we do push products and we're all about that. But the very cool thing is we have Troy now that's going to step in and take place of these videos. You're going to see a lot of reels, but to be honest with you, if you want the true product demonstration and true product knowledge we gave you a little taste of why we chose what we chose Mm -hmm. Uh, we didn't have to go too into depth but a lot of our our guys and gals out there are shooting virtually the same thing we are for the simplicity of is we know it inside and out you know you looked at the diversity between just the three of us here we got a guy that's shooting a garmin we have you know a guy that shot the Matthew site and then back to black gold and why he did that. Why we, we had six different arrow builds for, for the most part of it. We're all shooting different releases. It's just a, it's a flavorful way to make people more comfortable. You know, it, it, sometimes you can walk in here and see, you know, millions of dollars of inventory. You can get turned off a little bit because you don't, might not know, Mm -hmm. but don't be that. Don't feel that way. You know, you don't have to have a $2,900 setup. You can kill deer with thousand dollars set them, five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, mean it doesn't to go to be able to go to one place that literally has like pretty much every brand and pretty much every model of that brand in stock for the most part, where you can try them side by side by side by side by side, mm-hmm. and you can get real world situations run by of guys who have been doing it for a long time. Of you know, this one looks really good on you. This one, I can tell you're actually more comfortable with this, even yep. though you might not be able to tell yet because we see it over and over again. But to be able to try 
nine different brands, 20 different models in, mm-hmm. in one setting, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and it's interesting to sit back because we all have our, our clientele as a shop <clears throat> where guys are, I'm, I'm Matthews hundred percent. There's some Matthew shooters now that are shooting a PSC. We got the elite era that just like flooded the new carbon one. People are slowly, when you can take an opportunity and shoot them, and then it may, maybe it's a multi-day deal. You shoot them a couple times. Mm-hmm. You can tell it took John however many weeks to figure it out, months. Still maybe not figured out completely, but it, it may take you a little bit to figure mm-hmm. it out. There's, yeah. I hate to say it, maybe sometimes there's too many options. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the nice thing this year, too. Of like, there's no, there's no lemons out there this year. Like Every mm-hmm. brand has got really solid options. Being <clears throat> One might be right for one guy versus the other. Yep, absolutely. But well, we appreciate everybody listening on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, that's Adam and John up here in the Weight Park location. And, and these guys are open book. We all are. You can come in. You, and most of the time, we can grab our setup mm-hmm. and explain as we go through why. <clears throat> you don't have to mimic it, but you sure can. Uh, it's, it's all phenomenal opportunity for anything. But, again, we appreciate everybody listening. We hope you tune in. If you wouldn't mind giving us a comment, give us a like, give us a review on what you guys are listening to and what you're getting with. We will uh, take a moment now to step away, and we'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you for listening to Archery Country Podcast.